Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Avon! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Good morning, everybody, and I hope you're awake, just like Danny and I are awake. Uh, But if you're driving, you better be awake. Anyway, this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, where we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and we're we're ready to rock and roll here on this crazy train. So I hope you enjoy what uh, my cohort, Dan Bush, and myself, Tom Neubauer, have to do this morning. And we're going to get all into all of that right now, but I do want to remind you that if you've got any questions or comments, uh, any kind of reports, you can always give us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 414 414- Seven nine nine twelve foot twelve fifty. Danny, it's good to have you back. Yes, Tom, it's, it's good to be back. Uh, am I coming through loud and clear? Yes, you are. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, great to be back. Uh, I was up for a week, uh, I guess just over a week, up at uh, Dork County doing some smallmouth bass fishing. Uh, up there, I'm going to put a plug in right now for a place called Wagon Trail Campground. Uh, which is in Ellison Bay. It's probably the nicest campground you'll go to. They are open and fully operational as opposed to state parks. State parks, I uh, just got something that they're going to be opening, I think. But uh, they're, it's it's going to be kind of like you're going to have a place to camp, and that sounds that's, that's it. The facilities, as far as... Uh, some of the other, you know, recreational type things they have at a state campground are basically closed. They'll have a few bathrooms open. Um, so, you know, a place ground is, is is especially nice right now. Yeah, it sounds, and, and uh, I know we talked on the phone last week, and uh, you did catch a few fish, didn't you? Yeah, we did, we did well. Um, the beautiful thing about Door County is you've got the bay side and you've got the lake side. So you can bounce back and forth. On this side, you've got Egg Harbor, Fish Creek, Sister Bay, uh, Ellison Bay. And then on the uh, lake side, you've got uh, Rowley's Bay, North Bay, Moonlight Bay. So depending on the wind and water temperature, you can bounce back and forth. And each day, Tom, we had to kind of strategically and, and consider water temps, wind, which way to go. Because it's interesting. Those fish aren't just there like every day in the same spot. Some days they're there and then they're out. Just some weather change or whatever can just change it. Now, like the day that I left, 
Uh, actually, I left on Wednesday, and we'd had two days. And at the end of Tuesday, you could see schools of bass starting to move back into the bays. They were in transition. They weren't really interested in hit, in hitting, although Ron managed to f finesse some with his drop shot. Uh, but the next day, they were going nuts on spinner baits, and Ron got, I think, like uh, that day. Uh, my brother Tim and Mark Horton, they slammed about 60 on, on uh, jerk baits a couple days before. But you got to be on top of where to go and you got to be willing to switch up tactics depending on water temp and the mood of the fish. So I'm not a bass fisherman. I'm learning from guys like Mark Horton. But uh, I like winding in fish. And my brother did get his biggest one ever with me. Uh, he did get one. He finally got an official 20-inch largemouth with the mouth closed. Um, you know, you ever notice, Tom, that the DNR, when they show the pictures on how to measure a fish for legality, the mouth closed. You can take a fish and lip hold it and hold it vertically or even just not close the mouth and put it down horizontally and get an extra inch out of a bass. Yeah, mouth closed is the way to do it. Now, you said a 20-inch largemouth. Did you mean small mouth? Did I say largemouth? It was a yeah. small mouth, and okay. uh, it was pushing six pounds, so he was happy. Uh, he said to me, he said, you know, I always catch my biggest fish with my brother. So he's got his biggest muskie, his biggest northern, his biggest walleye, and now his biggest smallie fishing with me. So, uh, so yeah, uh, it was all around a great time. The other thing that uh, I will point out is this. Uh, there's a there right now. Uh, social media is really making things crazy. It used to be if you went up into some of those further bays, in fact, that's why I left Sturgeon Bay years ago when Steve Milliot said, go north, young man. Well, now everybody's posting things on social media going, here's a big bass, keep moving north. And all of a sudden, I'm in a little bay by myself, and there's six other, seven other boats. So it's getting more and more popular. Uh, the thing, though, that people don't realize is there are different waves of spawning smallmouth that come in because everybody's thinking, oh, well, now it's uh, they're off the beds now, it's over. Um, Ron Johnson got his biggest one last year, um, I believe in Rowley's, uh, casting a crankbait, and it was a seven-pounder. And, that, and, and again, that was when a bunch of fish were coming in and everybody else had quit fishing. So those, they don't all just spawn at the same time. It's interesting. Right. And the Lake Michigan side will always be colder, it seems like, than the Bay side. And I know around here, I don't have a fishing report because last week I didn't go. My son's boat was filled. Uh, <laughs> two of my boys and one of their friends went out. So no room for pops in this one, but that's all right. I, my wife and I had plans, so I didn't mind that. But I'll tell you what, they uh, they went to one lake, and they caught some bass, but it wasn't as good as what they expected, so they were able to pick up, go to another lake, and get the last spot at the launch, you know, for parking, and, and then did quite well. So, you know, every, everything is moving, everything is happening, all the fish, it seems, are biting now, They're, it's after spawn. The bluegills, there's a lot of bluegills in close to shore, they're doing their thing. Uh, some some places are probably done, but now is the time for uh, bluegill anglers to really uh, make their uh, make hay because there's a lot of bluegills in close right now. But yeah, the bass are all out. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be going out uh, Monday and I plan on catching crappies on weed, deep weed lines because the crappies are out of the shallows 
most of them, and they're setting up on the deep weed lines, and I know we'll find them. So looking another, forward to it. Uh, another thing, um, let everybody know that this weekend, today and tomorrow, is the uh, free fishing weekend slash hunts and outdoors, whatever the DNR calls it. So yeah, it's yeah. not just fishing right now. Uh, AT, state, you can go into, and again, check the regs. Don't blame me if you get caught for something. But I believe you, <laughs> state park admission is free. Uh, ATV trails free. You don't have to have your, from what I understand, you don't have to be registered right now. Of course, I don't know who in the wide world would sit with an unregistered ATV just to do it on a free weekend. But um, boats you still have to have registered. You don't have to have a fishing license. Um, you do have to follow the bag limits. So they're they're really uh, uh, trying to have a weekend for families to go out and do things, whether it's going to the state park or fishing, uh, fishing free for the day. Uh, so get out there and enjoy it. Weather looks good. And like you said, Tom, right now is probably what, if you were looking at the in-fisherman calendar of fish activity, right now, I guess, would be kind of like summer peak are warm the weed edges are up and the fish will go on kind of a kind of a feed no matter what the species right now for a while anyway yeah because you know that that spawning takes a lot out of them and uh and some of those fish they don't eat for a while when they're spawning and now all of a sudden they're done and they're hungry you know and they're gonna they're gonna eat now as a matter of fact i was talking to one guy there's this guy i know his i'm not gonna say his whole name his first name's adam he is really a good angler and uh I'll tell you, he was out on some of these lakes using uh, what I think a lot of people forget about nowadays is a slip bobber with live bait. And he was using a slip bobber and minnows. Now, he didn't tell me what kind of minnows, if they were, you know, shiners or big fatheads or what. But anyway, he's using a slip bobber with minnows, fishing in a little bit deep water. And he caught 16 northern pike. Uh, most of them were undersized, but the biggest was 32 inches. He caught five largemouth bass uh, that were decent, he said. He said he caught uh, four walleyes that were under the 18-inch size limit and four nice crappies. So, you know, here's somebody out there using what a lot of people don't even go to anymore, you know, is a slip bobber and a minnow, and... uh, Man, he was just banging fish all day long, you know, so congrats to him. Yeah, um, I talked to some guys as well this week out here by Pewaukee, and they're getting some big bluegills out, or big panfish out there, whether yeah. they're bluegills per se, sunfish, whatever. They're getting some nice-sized fish out there, and like we've talked about last year, that, you know, the size structure was pretty good last year, got a lot of seven and a half inches. I'm talking to guys that are getting a bunch of eight and a half. So it's getting better and better for the panfish out here on Pewaukee. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, you, you and I remember years ago when the panfish out here were all three, four, five inches. It was rare if you caught a decent one. And now, boy, I'll tell you, it, it, it doesn't it seem funny that ever since uh, the northern pike started coming back and the walleye started coming back that the panfish size has been increasing? I wonder if there's some correlation with that, you know. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is a correlation. It must when be. Because t- when I ban our uh, fish biologist years ago, he said the reason for so many small bluegills in Pewaukee was that with the thick Eurasian milfoil that they had so many places to hide, it was really tough 
for the predators to keep them cropped down. Well, now that we've bumped the wall up, got a bunch of walleyes in there, we're working hard to uh, improve well. Uh, I, it, it's helped, without a doubt. They're kind of cropping them off, and thus the size structure of the bluegills is going up. That's why I want tiger muskies in the lake. They feed voraciously, and, man, if, if we could get another apex predator in there, plus provide a fishing opportunity, but evidently it's just too or difficult mm-hmm. for, uh, for people to be stocking, uh, for the DNR to be stocking those, plus they don't reproduce. But I sure wish somebody would do something to try and get some of those in there. You know, you made a good point about, you know, those smaller panfish hiding in the weeds and all that, and what a lot of people don't realize, and what you've been bringing attention to to people, especially on the, let's say, on the east end of Oconomowoc, I mean, the east end of Pewaukee, and, and this goes for, true for any other lake that's got weeds, that there's a lot of walleyes in the weeds. It doesn't have to be deep water. It can be that five, six, seven feet of water and, and weedy. There's walleyes there. You know, they don't always read this. Like I always say that fish don't read the same books that we do. And it is definitely true of those walleyes. And, and now I, I know you're going to be on the lookout again now, now that you're back, to see if you see many people trolling here on the east end or just fishing, uh, period. Oh, i got to tell you one thing. The fishing piers on the east end of Pewaukee Lake in town, they're open. They put the, they put the piers out. So there's two long piers, two long fishing piers out, ready to be used, and I see people on them this morning. So that's good. Oh, are you there, Danny? Yeah, I didn't. You oh, kind of, okay. I lost you for a little bit there. Oh, I'm sorry. Technical, technical difficulties. <laughs> well, I was just well, talking about a... the piers on Pewaukee. That the fishing piers are out now by well, the beach area. Now so. that brings up another thing too. Evidently. They are going to be getting some of those uh, piers out at the state campgrounds as well. Yeah. Um, because they weren't out last week. A friend of mine went to launch at Peninsula State Park. It was all the way in there, and the piers aren't in. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, and he was by himself, and he didn't want to launch without a pier there. Um, so evidently, um, I don't know what the purpose of that was, if it was still there, if they were trying to discourage people from because of this lousy virus but evidently the peers are back like our our world is opening up a little bit again and getting a little bit to normal um i was up there at uh there's called the mink river basin um there's a bar up there i think that's what they call it the mink river bar or mink river basin bar anyway uh they're they're uh uh they were serving but it was weird you had to walk in order pay a girl at the front and then you could go sit at a table and then they'd then you they'd call you up and you could take it to your table in styrofoam so you're eating indoors if you want or sitting outside at a table you couldn't sit and eat at the bar week they had said the heck with that it was great we could finally sit and order a cheeseburger at the bar just like the old days but, oh, uh, awesome. you know, I'm, I'm sure they were trying to, you know, you got all these businesses, they're trying to be good. They're trying to follow the protocol. They're trying to not get in trouble and get shut down or blamed by somebody. In, in exact science, I don't think, you know, I went to get a haircut this week and you can't sit inside the place. You got to sit outside. I saw some old people sitting oh. there looking rather disgusted. <laughs> uh, didn't bother me. And then once you go get your haircut, you got to have a mask. So I've got a couple of, you know, piece of crap, cheap mask, cheap mask. 
Dollar Tree store last year, and they're in my glove compartment. So if I ever have a place where you have to put a mask on, I got it. Okay, well, I got a few things to tell you about masks, too. But, hey, listen, we got to go to a quick break, Danny. Uh, we are on 105.7 FM, The Fan, and Sports Radio, 1250 AM. So, folks, we are uh, brought to you by Baitmade Fish Attractants. Get some of that, catch some more fish, and we'll be right back with the uh, Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. The NBA is back to... Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tommy the True Newbauer, a bass expert. We are presented by Baitmate Coleman Insect Repellents. Make sure you got both when you head out to the great outdoors. Yeah, and you're going to need that Coleman stuff uh, this year because uh, from what I hear, the mosquitoes and the ticks are already, you know, gathering up forces ready to attack us as soon as we get out in the woods. So They're, they're, they're ready. They're <laughs> you'll yeah. see a bunch of mosquitoes buzzing around wearing face masks i uh actually was up there and uh our good friend al shook brought me some of this avon stuff for ticks and bugs and right. i actually didn't use any repellent at all um the bugs being as it got so cold at night and i went to maybe one night 38 degrees it got kind of chilly that kept the mosquitoes knocked down, and uh, I didn't see any ticks, so uh, it was great. But I can, I'm sure they'll be coming soon enough. Oh, that's awesome! You know, I was going to tell you about, um, you know, if a person's got to go to see their doctor, and you're going to some clinic, you know, to see your doctor, before you can, they let you in. They take your temperature, Danny. I don't know if you know this. I had uh, this past week. I had to go to see a couple of doctors anyway, and they take your temperature. You know with one of those forehead scanners whatever and they ask you a bunch of questions and then they give you a pass a uh, little sticker to put on your shirt and if I don't know what happens if you don't pass <laughs> I don't think they let you in um, but I mean it, it, it and you have to be wearing a mask and if you don't have one they have one for you so the technology uh, is the technology Tom is crazy I've never seen one of those scanners but it, it sounds like McCoy in Star Trek when he yeah. take the scanner and it, it, they are really cool. I mean, you just hold it up to your forehead, and boom, it, there's your temperature. And not only that, but in in the waiting room, it's like there's chairs like spa- they they they've redone the whole waiting rooms. Now the chairs are spaced way out, you know, that you're at least six feet away, if not more. So there's a lot fewer places to sit, of course. And of course, it's called a waiting room for a reason. That's where you wait. It, you know, Tom, the the dis, the disparity between what people are doing is striking because I went to an urgent care two weeks ago because I split my leg open and should have got stitches and it wasn't healing. And I got in there right away in the middle of the afternoon and um, the doctor didn't require that I wore a mask when I went in there. Nobody took my temperature. Uh, now maybe really? they, yeah, maybe they've changed since. I don't know. You know, when they first had that mask thing, you had, I think it was Fauci way back when, you know, God, you know, everybody's believing what he says. Um, but he, he said, well, you know, if you want to wear a mask, you can, I guess. He was making it sound like it wasn't any big, you know, big help. 
Right. Now it's like, oh, you got to wear a mask wherever you go. And right. so I don't know. Like I said, I got them. I'll put it on if it makes other people uncomfortable. If I go into a place and please wear a mask, I'll go back to my truck. I'll put the mask on and go in there. And yeah, yeah. so I it, fe- it's just weird. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, Menards had a thing. I don't know if they still got it going where you have to wear a mask if you go into Menards. I don't know if that's still going on or not, but there's some places that, you know, ask you to do that, and that's fine. I feel the same way. Okay, fine, I'll put it on. But otherwise, if I don't have to put a mask on, I don't put it on. No way. Uh, You know, one of the things that a lot of people hate about these masks is if you wear glasses or cheater glasses, your glasses are going to fog up, and uh, nobody likes that. So so you even got to pull those masks down a little bit. But you know what? It's something that we have to put up with for a little bit longer, you know, to make sure this this virus is under control. So, yeah, I, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I did. You're speaking of doctors. Uh, my advice to our listeners is if you want to try and get a doctor's appointment, do it now because you're going to have to wait a long time just for a basic physical. My uh, captain's license. Uh, I scheduled yesterday, and the earliest they can get me is July 23rd. Oh, and wow. appa- yeah, and apparently in talking to the uh, receptionist, nurse, uh, wh- whomever at the office there, I think at, at Aurora, uh, she said, yeah, we just kind of got back rolling and getting in the swing of things. So obviously they're they're kind of kind of booked up on things, but it's it's going to be a while before we do get back to normal. You know, it's kind of funny when I uh, called to see my doctor, it was a six month review. Um you know, they got me in within a few days, and then uh, I, maybe somebody canceled, you know. And then I had to see a specialist, you know, a few days later, and they got me in to see the specialist another, just in a couple of days. And it was like, well, how about that, you know? Well, you know, you're, uh, t- Tom, you're, it's, you're well, like one of the NFL, you're like the major yeah. league players. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. VIP, man. Yeah, right. I wish. <laughs> get that special treatment where you can get a test, yeah. you know, and uh No, I yep. think I think I think people had cancellations and stuff and so you know, if you call at the right time, you know, and well, you get and you get the lady on the phone that says, Oh, we happen to have a cancellation. Can you make it tomorrow morning? Yeah, I'll be right there, you know. So they they did uh put me on a waiting list and uh, in all seriousness, Tom, you had major heart surgery. So I'm thinking, you know, it's not like just Joe Schmo, me getting a physical. They're going to put you at the top of the list. Well, the only reason I think I got to the top of the list with this specialist is because they found a problem with my kidneys. So I had to see a kidney specialist. So they and they wanted to get it checked out quickly. So that's why. And I think if it was something that was minor, no big deal. I would have waited. But. You know, if if they think there's something wrong, they'll they'll make sure they get you in, and that goes for anybody else too. You know, if they think something's wrong, they're gonna they want to check it out as well, quick see as possible. If, see so. if see if you can call a psychiatrist as soon as you can. You've been acting a little crazy lately too, so see if they'll put I'll, you at the top of the list for that, there, buddy. Hey, I'll tell you what, doing the show, not being in the station, and doing it in the hallway <laughs> from your palatial estate. Uh, yeah, I am going crazy. I, <laughs> I, I'm ready to get back in that studio fast. You know, we just we just play off each other better. I mean, I can't see you right now, you know, 
but a lot of times you make faces at me or I make faces at you, you know, and, and it's stuff that we can laugh about and joke about. And, and we don't really holler at each other anymore because I can't holler out in the hall here. I don't want to wake anybody up. So, you know, it's it's really different, really different, Danny. Well, That's Tom, really I think... Look- Tom, I don't think you're supposed to be telling people you're in the hallway. We're supposed to be acting like it's in the studio. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, that's the whole that? point of this app. Oh, it sounds like that? we're in the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guess what, dude. folks? Guess what, folks? We're not. <laughs> Nobody is, except for Sam. They got to have a producer in the studio. So, and well, that's the only I person think- that's there. Yeah, pretty much every, I've been telling people, uh, every, you know, these radio stations, and I've listened to other stations as well as, uh, as well as our, you know, sports one, which is, you know, station in Milwaukee is the fan, but if, uh, if I'm listening to ISN for news or some of these other things, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty much, they've talked about it too, how they thought it might be the norm going forward, that they're not all in the station at least we're not on camera where someone can sh- see us in our boxer short yeah kind of like the when, tv guys yeah do you remember when john brought a camera in and we were on the internet for a few weeks uh he had that camera situated in the in the studio and uh i think we had all of six watchers <laughs> that was kind of funny yeah and i think that pro thing so yeah, yeah. The cameras have gotten a lot uh got a lot more lot more technology um yeah. hey, when well, we listen, come danny huh yeah i was gonna say we got a break so well, you were gonna tease when us we with come, something when we come back uh i want to talk a little bit about uh, what walleyes for tomorrow is doing about uh improving the habitat lake on Pewaukee Lake. All right, sounds great. And coming up next, we're going to be doing the gut report. It's a little bit longer, but it's definitely worth it. If for some people, if for some reason, if you can't write it down, uh, all of it, then just go to our podcast. You know, go to 1057fmthefan.com and just click on our show, and you'll be able to hear it, and uh, uh, you'll be able to write it down from there. So, and don't forget, we got the Hornswoggle coming up at, uh, at right after the 6:45 break. So we got all that and a lot more walleyes coming up too. So uh, stay tuned. As what does Larry Smith say? Hold on to your hiney. Where did he get that from anyway? Anyway, we'll have to call him one of these days. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. We'll be right back with more. Come here! I'm gonna eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Well, the Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, I guess I get, I like to call this Zucchini Surprise, and this is really good. And what's nice is that this is a, a vegetarian recipe, although we can make it non-vegetarian. I'll explain that. First of all, start off with one medium zucchini diced. It's about two cups worth, maybe a little bit more. A half of onion diced. One 15-ounce can of Italian-flavored diced tomatoes. One 15-ounce can of Italian-flavored tomato sauce. Uh, four to six ounces of sliced mushrooms. And uh, about a half a can, you know, about three ounces of tomato paste. Mix all that together and be cooking that while your uh, pasta is cooking. Now, what kind of pasta? Anything you want. I wouldn't use spaghetti. I like using bow ties or rigatoni or panace, something like that. Anyway, you've you got to use about a half a pound of the pasta sauce. 
Now, all this, all, and the other ingredients you want to uh, put all together, you got to have uh, two teaspoons of garlic powder and two teaspoons of Italian seasonings or oregano. So you cook all that stuff for about a half an hour uh, until the zucchini is starting to get soft but not mushy. And then uh, you put in your uh, your uh, pasta and, you know, well, the pasta's already cooked and you mix that all together. Now, if you wanted to make this a, a non-vegetarian dinner you can uh, put in about a half to one pound of italian sausage that's pre-cooked and then put it in that whole mess too but you can make this a really good i just had this last night and i'm telling you folks it is delicious it really really is good and it's very filling and satisfying i call it zucchini surprise the gut report was brought to you by discount liquor where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st in oklahoma in milwaukee and main street in barstow in waukesha for weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Bait made fish attractant, Coleman insect repellents, and uh, we want to thank Tom for that wonderful gut report. All the good eating that people have been able to enjoy over the years due to your reports, Tom. Well, I hope I hope next week I have one. I, I can't find the recipe, uh, but last year I did it. I or it, yeah, it was at least a year, maybe over a year ago. When my daughter-in-law and son went to a, a place called Trace Locos in McGuanago, and you know it's a Mexican restaurant, and they ordered uh, jalapeno poppers, and when they came to the table, they didn't look anything like a jalapeno popper. And my son said, "Well, this this isn't what we ordered." And the guy said, "Yeah, it is. Try it. They look like egg rolls." And and she gave me that recipe. She she talked to the guy out of giving her the recipe. And that is fantastic. So uh, hopefully I'll have that for everybody next week. Uh, and that's about that. Uh, Danny, you were going to tell us something about walleyes for tomorrow and the walleyes on yeah, Milwaukee? Yeah, just, just a couple of things because we've been uh, mentioning the fact or talking about the improved panfish out there, talked about some of the uh, game fish that have been uh, the, have been uh, improving out there as far as walleyes and pike to, to all with the great muskie fishery. But uh, walleyes for tomorrow has done a lot as far as improving habitat. They've been working on, you know, there's several outlets on Pewaukee that go into some areas where fish might spawn. You know, they've been, they've been working on improving some of those areas as well as shoreline habitat. They've done uh, some of the projects as far as uh, uh, putting, uh, putting down some, uh, some uh, trees or wood in the water off the shoreline by Walks Island. They've been putting cribs out there. But... Uh, this week, they were going to be uh, working on Meadowbrook Creek, and uh, they were, they've apparently acquired a thousand native plants called It's S-E-D-G-E-S, which apparently is a good kind of, uh, good kind of a plant, I guess. So uh, I'm assuming they're planting that, putting it along like the stream shoreline and so forth to improve the habitat. Uh, so they okay. were going to have some volunteers out working on that. Have you ever heard of a sedge? Say that again. S it's set sedges. S E D. No. 
G-E-S. Apparently no, that's some type did. of a, no. a good kind of a, a native plant. Um, and they're also uh, um, going to be working on putting some more cribs off Wax Island, uh, possibly this year. The other thing that uh, I, I will let the news out now, and we'll talk about this uh, more as the time comes, uh, as you know, Dana Walk uh, was one of those that was... Uh, uh, lost his life at the uh, Miller Miller tragedy this spring. Uh, anyway, they're planning a, a memorial tournament. Um, they're going to do it earlier this year, but with the COVID thing, they couldn't. But it's uh, been put off till September 12th. It's going to be out of Gina Sports Dock. And uh, one gentleman has actually donated a 14-foot Lund boat uh, wow. is, is one of the, I don't know, prizes or how they're going to work it. It's a used boat, but that's still... Dave Schwartz was, uh, if he doesn't mind me using his name, was the person kind enough to make that donation. Uh, and they are looking for more donations as well. So uh, keep that in mind as that comes uh, comes up this fall. You know, Danny, I, I was, <laughs> I got to laugh. I'm watching these people, you know, launching boats, getting ready to go out fishing. And most people, you know, you can see in their boat, they got, oh, you know, maybe uh, four to six rods per person maybe more you know you see guys walking out with a whole handful of rods and reels you know going out to their boat and whatever and then i see these two guys going out to a boat and they each have one rod now i cannot fathom for the life of me going out and fishing with just one rod and reel I okay could, tom <laughs> I could not fathom tom, that you, tom <laughs> tom you could uh, not you could not have segued into what i have to say next more oh, perfectly good. Oh, yeah, what's that? It's almost like we rehearsed it. Okay. For years, I go up to Door County, and guess how many rods and reels I have for bass fishing? Uh, well, you probably had two or three, didn't you? Nope, I had one. Oh, now, okay. Mark Horton, Mark Horton would have eight. So I would always get on his case when he'd jump on my boat with eight rods. Well, now I have to officially give this apology and uh, a redaction or whatever you want to call it. I have to officially apologize. Mark, you were right. I was wrong. Because when I went up there this year, I've now got two bass rods and reels, Tom. Now, okay. you would think that would be fine. So the very first day of the trip, I go to make a cast and my reel seizes up. The gears lock up. Oh, oh yeah. no. One reel down. Okay, so then a little bit, and uh, no problem, right? I go to my backup rod and reel. I'll just use this one for the rest of the About an hour later, when I'm setting the hook on this little four and a half pound smallmouth, the, the, the reel on the hook set goes flying off, flying off the handle and goes flying into the air. So I thought the reel seat wasn't tight, right? That the yeah. reel had come off. The thing... Uh, right in the real housing where it meets the where it meets the uh, whatever the shaft that attaches yeah. to the rod, it the whole oh, wow. thing broke. It was destroyed. So now I've got no rods and reels, and I'm in Mark's boat, and he's got nine now. He's graduated to nine from the eight. <laughs> and, okay, you have to give a public apology for all the gr grief I've given him over the years. And so he was right. I was wrong. You got to have a whole bunch of rods and reels when you go bass fishing because he had to loan one to me. 
and uh, yeah, that's what got me through. Well, you know, it's funny when when I had a boat, and uh, I would have, I, I'd have. Uh, a lot of rods and reels because I wanted to make sure that I had rods for musky fishing, walleye fishing, pan fishing, you know, and the bass fishing. So in my boat, I, I must have had at least 20 rods, you know, because I never knew what I was going to need. Uh, sometimes I would switch over from one fish to another. But but when I go with my son now, or my sons, I've, I take, I limit myself. I only take six rods and reels, and that's for like a six-hour trip. I only take six rods and reels. One of my sons, and when he comes along, he brings six rods and reels. And my son, whose boat it is, he's got like eight of them up in the front of the boat. So, <laughs> you know, we've well, got, what is it? We got quite well, a few. Is it because, like, I know even like the bass guys, like uh, Ron and Mark, both, they've got all theirs, but most of them are rigged up and tied. One might have a drop shot on. One might have this. One might have that, because they like to be able to just switch back and grab try something else real quick is that exactly. basically that's it okay. that's it now you're you're ready to go all your rods you got different lures on them you're ready to go to pick one up and start chucking it instead of wasting time hey uh, we got a caller who you got there sam we got randy and grafton oh we should have waited till after the break to take randy hey good morning randy <laughs> hey hi guys boy do how I you know, doing you know i was listening when you had dale on the other week and I mean, I remember Dale when he first got started in guiding, and even a little bit uh, before that, he was running around with a couple younger guys I know up there. I, I boy, it's uh, I. Speak, it's hard speaking to accept, of Dale uh, Strohshine, he is. Yeah, right, right. Um, a lot of good memories, but I just feel so old listening to Dale and realizing how long I've been going up there and how long I know some of those uh, fellows up there. Uh, Listen, uh, you know, interesting point. First of all, I want to hear, you don't have to chime in now, Danny, but I just want to hear about your trip to Door County. The other thing I wanted to uh, uh, relay is that I know a couple fish managers, um, pond lake management companies, that deal with communities that are built around lakes specifically for fishing down south. And just off your point about uh, the relationship between predator and prey, specifically down there, bass and bluegill, man, there is, being that there are such smaller bodies of water, there is a uh, direct correlation between the number of bass and the size of the bass and the size of the bluegill down there. And they go through uh, uh, cycles in which the numbers of bass, the, when you have a lake with numbers of bass that are on the smaller size, those uh, copper-nosed bluegill and red-ear shellcracker bluegill get huge. But consequently, when they turn around and, try, and start to remove those bass, and uh, 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 the result is uh, um, more bluegill and smaller bluegill. So they have so much and a much more because it is a smaller scale have a lot of experience with that relationship and yeah it's proving that uh it, it's so critical that uh predator prey relationship as it relates up here would be walleye bluegill whatever but down there bass bluegill um it's uh there's a direct correlation and and is a key management tool yeah you're right there hey listen we hate to cut you short but we got to go to a break 
Um, we always take our breaks right around the quarter to quarter after, you know, and then of course bottom and top of the hour. So uh, yeah. we got to get to one now. Thanks for calling, Randy. It's always good to hear you from you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Randy. Bye now. Yeah, and coming up next is the Hornschwaggle brought to you by Carl's Country Market. Everything meat and more. They're out there on Highway, I mean, they're out there on Pilgrim Road in Silver Spring in Menominee Falls. I would recommend it highly to you folks. Also brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and uh, Coleman Insect Repellents. Now, if you win, you're going to get a $10 gift certificate to Carl's, and you'll also get a really nice prize package from Baitmate and Coleman. So stay tuned, call now, be a contestant, 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Be a contestant for the Hornschwaggle. Danny promised he would make it rather easy. No, I didn't. No? No. (laughs) Okay. We'll be right back with more, folks. Stay tuned. Can't just be any bonehead to (laughs) win. My friends, to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, we want to thank all of our listeners out there. We've got friends, we've got enemies, we've got frenemies, people we don't even know, but we appreciate all of our listeners. We always put our salute uh, and thank you to the law enforcement officers out there protecting us, the first responders, healthcare workers, military, all the people out there working hard to keep America great. We thank you for tuning in and doing what you do. And now we've got our Hornschwaggle segment. Do we have a, a lucky listener? Yes, we do. This week's contestant, Nick in Pewaukee. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Yeah, good morning, Nick. All right. So, Nick, you know how this works, correct? Yep. Okay, yep. I can hardly hear you, Nick. I don't know if it's my connection or, or what. Oh, I don't know. I can okay. talk louder. Yeah, talk a little louder there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. There, there we go. go. I hear you better now. Okay, so today's topic is turtles. Okay. Turtles. turtles. Yep, turtles. Oops. This is a new one, guys. I figure, you know, we're moving in different directions here. Uh, turtles. <laughs> um, right now, this is the time of year where you see a lot of turtles crossing the road. So be especially out for that turtle because... They're not really good at, they're not running backs, okay? They don't have moves like Barry Sanders. They have a hard time getting out of the way. Um, So anyway, turtles lay their eggs in the nest and then do not return. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? That is no hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, good. All right. Um, Raccoons. Raccoons are big raiders of turtle nests. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. Okay. All right. Two for two. And finally... Oh, we got a winner right away. Wow. One. Well, Nick's pretty smart. He knows about the outdoors. Um, finally, the last one, uh, snapping turtles and painted turtles are both Wisconsin turtles, but... Painted turtles and snapping turtles sometimes do mate and crossbreed. It's not a pretty sight. And is called the painted snapper. Hornswoggle. 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 There, there we go. Hey, you know, guys, not to get off topic talking about mating turtles, I was on the bike path the other day, and I saw some, some mating toads. There was one big female toad, and then... 
top and then there was an even smaller male that kept trying to knock the other toad off the the yeah <laughs> fighting over in the in the in the male that was on top got he, he's looked like bruce lee he kick his hind leg out and knock that little send that little turtle 12 inches flying but i mean turtle that toad so now i know where they horny toad because I've observed it. It wasn't a pretty sight. So anyway, Nick, um, we'll, uh, I've never seen turtles doing it, though. don't think I want to. No. But uh, leave your information, Nick, and we'll get that stuff uh, mailed out to you. Yep. All right. Sounds good. And you were right, Dan. The bluegills are really hitting right now on Pewaukee in the, in the shallows. And, you know, for some reason, I don't know if it's the walleyes balancing everything out, but the sizes this year are just uh, probably an inch bigger than last year. It's That's wonderful. great. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. plan on I plan on getting some children out there in the near future. So it should be a great time. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, Congratulations, right. Nick. Thanks again, Nick. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yep. Good. Now, Danny, you were talking about turtles, so I have a question toads. for you. Toads. I was talking about horny toads. Isn't well, yeah, there a beer you... called horny toad? I think so. I think so. Oh, it's horny goat. Oh, well, Okay. Well, you were taught your questions were about turtles, so I got a turtle yeah. question for you. I'm a why turtle did, expert. Why, why did the turtle cross the road? Uh, no, okay, no, this is, this, you know, this is something like John would do to us years ago with a joke <laughs> like this. I mean, what, why do you got to do this? I mean, really, why do you got to do this? Okay. Oh. I, okay, I'm just going to say to get to the other side. Why? You're right. You're right. What? That is yeah, the punchline? Well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a one, one hell of listen, a punchline, eh? We've had some bad jokes over the years. You just topped it with the worst one oh. ever. I mean... Oh, I figured you were talking about turtles, so... That's the worst joke I've ever heard. Oh, well, at least I got a good laugh this morning. Boy, I'll yeah. tell you what. You know what I'm seeing this morning that looks good? You were just mentioned about taking some kids out. There are a bunch of kids going out on pontoons fishing. There's like probably like four adults and four kids on a boat. And there's like, I don't know, four pontoons going out, and they're all loaded with kids. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm glad to see that. And you so, know what? Every kid has got at least two rods and reels. So here's, here's, here's what's going on on local lakes. Uh, right now, at least where I'm at here, uh, Beachside Boat and Tackle is, you know, former Smokies is right building here. They have been rocking for weeks. And yes. I mean, not just on a Saturday or a Sunday when it's sunny, midweek. It's crazy. I used to be able, you know, I'd be out fishing on a June day casting for muskies. If I came in at 5 o'clock, you know, it was quiet. All no boats launching, no pulling had set in. Now it's just nonstop, and I think it's because everything in the world is shut down from Summerfest to Bummerfest to whatever, and uh, people are saying, "Hey, let's let's go out to the lake." Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's like you know, you mentioned beach beachside. Uh, I mean, they rent a lot of pontoons. And they also have some, like, fully equipped fishing boats. They're like 16-footers with a 60-horse outboard, electric motor up front, you know, uh, locators. I mean, they're, they're really built to go fishing, and, and they have a number of those. As a matter of fact, they only have two left. Two or three of them already went out. 
but yeah, it's 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 amazing how many people are out here renting stuff, go and launching boats and getting out. My goodness, it's, Smoke, it's over good to see. Smoke, Smokey's Musky Shop is rocking as well. Yeah, and they've got they've got some nice little fishing boats right there, real reasonable. Yeah, they've got the, you've got, the fourteen. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they got I believe the fourteen footers. Got fourteen some really foot good... Lumacrafts, uh, aluminum. Yeah, Lumacrafts, and with an eight horse Yamaha. Um, yeah, it, and but they only have like about eight of them, so you got to get there early. You know, they're probably sold out by now. You know. And um, if you're looking for musky tackle, that's the place to go. In fact, a lot of people. We're getting ready to take their trips. You know, I wonder what's going to happen this year, Tom, because typically people take all those Canadian trips. Uh, I think that's probably out as far as no. what I know. No. Uh, last week I reported that uh, the Canadian border uh, was going to open up. I think it was maybe somebody can call and correct us at 414 but I think they said it was going to be open on June 21st, I think, something like that. It was, they were going to open it. Right now it's still closed, but they, it was going to be open later on. So if anybody had plans of going to Canada early, yeah, forget it. Uh, but later on it will be open. But, Danny, it is now that time that uh, we got to do another update, top-of-the-hour update. So uh, with that, I just want to let everybody know that we're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. And uh, we are 105.7 FM, The Fan, The Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It is a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, and I uh, wish I could be out enjoying it. Danny and I wish we could be out, but uh, I hope you're getting a chance to get out this weekend. It looks gorgeous. Hey, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, and as you can tell, we are unrehearsed. Uh, sometimes we make a few mistakes, but you know what? That's all right. We <laughs> when you're unrehearsed, that's what happens sometimes. You can always be part of the show by calling at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer, and Sam Schmitz is on the board. And it's got to be lonely for Sam, Danny, don't you think? He's there yeah, all alone yeah. at the studio. Well, I sent him a card. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk. It's not too bad over here. Okay. But I do miss good. you guys being in the studio. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just not the same. Um, anyway, let's talk some big fish. Let's talk some what? Big fish. Big fish. Okay, I got two big fish stories. All right. Which one do you want to hear first? The first the or biggest. the second one? The biggest fish. Okay. Well, Tom, being as you are greatly knowledgeable and learned, what is the biggest fish in Wisconsin? That would be a sturgeon. 
Bingo! Let's talk sturgeon, Tom. So I was up in uh, at that Mink River Basin bar, and uh, anyway, it, it, it's 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 pretty cool. They uh, they actually have T-shirts they sell. It says "Giver at the River." So I got to go pick up some "Giver at the River" T-shirts and hats. But there uh, has a buddy who works as a commercial fisherman, and typically they got these commercial nets out there in the bay, and they're you know set way down deep picture of this guy and he's a big dude like a 300 pound guy and this last week he got a giant sturgeon in the and in, in he's the, got in a, his net in the net yeah in one okay. of the whitefish nets and they've okay. got those things set you know you'll go out to about 100 feet of water or 90 feet or whatever and you'll see the markers for the for the nets but I was always paranoid that, you know, that like the nets are like, like a volleyball net, like they're to the top of the water. Yeah, yeah. Things set way down deep. But uh, he has a fish that he, co- he couldn't hold it. I mean, he was trying to hold it up, uh, estimated it at seven feet long, and I don't know, 150 pounds. I, I mean, it, was, it, was, it looked like one of those giants out of Lake Winnebago. He's got a picture of here and him laying beside it. They were having a heck of a hard time handling it, and then, of course, they let it go. But just a giant lake sturgeon coming from, you know, the waters of Bay of Green Bay, which it's right by the Door Peninsula, so it's pretty much right close to the Michigan, Lake Michigan waters, you know. So you don't often think giant sturgeon being in Lake Michigan, but they are there. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's probably every something of everything floating around in Lake Michigan somewhere. As a matter of fact, years ago, talking to one guy who did uh, chartering for uh, salmon out on uh, the Big Lake and the Bay of Green Bay, and every now and then he'd say he'd get bit off. And what do you think that could be, biting off his salmon lures? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think a sturgeon would bite it off. No, they, but uh, I think one of those big muskies might. Yeah. Or giant, giant or, pike. Yeah. Uh, who? Yeah, it's. It's it's amazing, and that that segues the uh, next big fish story. Yeah. Um, I was at uh, Howie's bait shop uh, about a week week ago, I guess, and uh, some guy comes in, local guy, and he says to the the owner or whoever there, he goes, "Hey, uh, uh, how's fishing been?" And, and the guy at Howie's goes, oh, it's "We're getting some fish," and he says, uh, "Can I break a little bit?" And he says, the guy says, sure. He says, well, what'd you get? And so the guy quietly starts talking in hushed tones. And I kind of, being being the eavesdropper that I am, I casually act like I'm looking at bait and slide my way closer. Because anytime I hear big fish, anyway, bottom line is the dude got a 57-inch muskie. Wow. And... 57 inches. He caught it Memorial Day. He uh, He's talking to the guy at Howie's, and he said, you know, I only musky fish for a week out of the year. And when he said he got the 57 inch, the guy at Howie's said, here or where? And then it got real quiet. I couldn't hear his answer. Um, so, because he was trying to talk in hushed tones. So yeah. I had to go over and interject myself. And sure enough, the guy had a 10 by 12 picture hanging in Howie's. So if you want to see a monster 57-inch muskie fresh caught out of the bay, it's there. 
Uh, the guy said that he caught it in the lower bay on a bucktail, which means he caught it in Sturgeon Bay on a suic. So, well, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, exactly. So, because exactly. like when he first, when the guy at Howie's first asked him, I couldn't hear his response. But then later he's telling me, lower bay, bucktail. Well, I don't know where he caught it, but he got it. And uh, I think he kept it because the picture shows it looks like looks like it's next to the clothesline in the backyard or a tree or something. I can't remember what. But you know what? Good for him. I'm not going to be one of these uh, musky purists or snobs who says, oh, you got to keep that 57-incher in so the next egomaniac can catch it and post it all over his uh, Snapchat. Um, Anyway, uh, it, it weighed 45 pounds, which people might say, well, only 45 pounds. Incher caught during the bass tournament two years ago or whatever. But the thing is, that's a post-spawn fish. I'm thinking right. in the fall, that fish could be 55 pounds, wouldn't you, Tom? I was just going to say 55 pounds maybe, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that boy, I'll tell you, that's a that's a big fish. Now, their limit up there is, what, 54 inches, their size Yeah, limit? I believe, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't begrudge the guy if he wants to hang that on the wall. My goodness, you know, that is, I mean, that's the fish of a lifetime. Call, call it a hunch, but I don't think he's going to top that. Yeah, that's that would be hard to top. Yeah, it would be hard because 57, wow. And But you know what, Danny? I think you and I both agree that there's probably a bigger one out there in the Bay of Green Bay. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's just giant fish. I mean, there's giant bass, muskie, walleye. Now let's talk a little pike because I know my good friend Randy Reading is listening right now, and I know he likes some pike. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, who uh, was up there fishing last year for several weeks, he was up there by himself just exploring all the bays. He told me a story last year how he got into a bay on the Lake Michigan side and he got into a, a, the pike mecca. He claimed that he had saw 40 pike and caught seven, driving them crazy because they were following like muskies. Well, he took me back to that spot last week. And guess what? The pike were there. It was amazing. And wow. we had follows. Now, this was the most frustrating thing I, 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 I've seen. We got follow after follow. We must have like muskies. And they wouldn't always be right nose on the bait. They, they, they're a little bit skittish. They'll be back in the clear water. You might spot them with the polarized maybe 10 feet behind, and they dart off. A couple did come in nose to the bait like a muskie. A couple did kind of make a half-hearted swipe right at the boat, but they would not hit. Through everything. I tried slowing down the presentation, tried jig along the bottom, tried the husky jerk and stopping it. Um, the only thing that he found that they hit last year um, when he caught the seven in one day that it was a spinnerbait a bass sized spinnerbait and he I but that was the only thing little maps you would think that would work no they didn't want the straight line uh, type type of bait he uh, he did say last year after he caught seven he thought he'd go back and get more and he went in following days and he couldn't even get any hits they just follow so we experienced kind of the same thing except for one fish. And that he caught a 40-incher on a spinnerbait. Wow. Couldn't believe wow. it. Made a long cast. I had, he and I each had some other bumps on the spinnerbait where you could feel one kind of whack it. Maybe they just hit it closed mouth. 
40 inch on a spinnerbait, and then he uh, then he caught another fish that he thought was a big pike because it about hands. It was a five and three quarter pound smallie. So talk about <laughs> luck. You got those two big fish chucking the spinnerbaits. But I'll tell you what, I've heard about some big Lake Michigan pike. I went there with live bait a couple days later. The problem was the temperature had gone from like 68 degrees down to 45 degrees. Not in thick there. I thought if we'd been there that first day, had some dead smelt drifting under bobbers, we would have cleaned up. But we did see a few pike, and one of them was a monster. My brother's casting, and he goes, oh, there's one. He goes, one just swam by. And I looked and saw it as it disappeared. I said, that's, that's a carp. That's no, that's no northern. That's a carp because it was so big and round. He said, "No, dude, that was a that was a pike." And then it turned around and came back by. And as it swam by the boat, I looked and saw the white ovals on its side. And I was like, "Oh my God, that's a 20 pound plus pike if I ever saw one." And it was just cruising by. Anyway, we've got some ice fishing spots to fish next year, I'll tell you. In fact, that same bay, my brother went to ice fish it this spring. He, had the, he looked at a map and kind of figured it out, and that's before Ron even told us that those fish were there. He figured it on a map and was going to ice fish, but it was open water, so he couldn't go in there, so he went back by the river and struck out. But there's some big pike to be fished for, but I'm telling you, they're, they're, those Lake Michigan pike are pretty wary. They're not like normal northerns. No, they're not. And we got to go to break now. We got a caller on the line. So, caller, just hold on. We're going to take a short break and we're going to get to you ex- right after we're done with the break. All right? That sound fair enough? Uh, we are sponsored by Baitmate Fish Attractants. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. And Danny and Tom will be right back with more. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for tuning in this beautiful Saturday morning. Hopefully you're getting out for our uh, free fishing weekend in the great outdoors of Wisconsin. Yeah, and we've got a guest on the line. We've got a caller. Who we got, Sam? We got Tex on the road. Oh, hey, good morning, Tex. Good to hear from you. Good morning. Well, it's actually Tex in the boat today. I'm out on Winnebago here, beautiful a uh, nice little light chop out here. Did you get out early? The water temperature and beautiful morning. So, I, Tex, I, I are don't you... think people can hear me when I talk. Well, <laughs> but sometimes anyway. it comes in and out. Yeah, it's, okay. it's the technical difficulties here. So, so Tex, are you out there walleye fishing, buddy? Yep, yep. Just dragging across the reefs right now, and uh, a lot of the people went right out trolling the mud right away and i was really surprised there's only only like two or three boats around me right now i'm on towards the north end unfortunately i had to stay close to home i gotta take the kids out inner tubing later today so i didn't want to go too far away from home <laughs> so gotta so you're all happy gotta make hey uh so what you jig then fishing a reef is that uh, correct yeah yeah dragging across the reef here and Seems to work better when I and when I do just drag across instead of really trying to pump it or do anything, just a, a slow drag and uh, pull one fly up high and then uh, fish your tail on the bottom. How how's your season been so in the bagel? I really yeah. haven't heard any reports. No, I haven't. I haven't hardly been out at all. It's just been terrible. I've been running into Minneapolis a lot and uh, 
and that kind of made, made me think of you. I, I, I threw a couple of tires off the trailer going across over in Hammond, and uh, uh, I stand on the side of the road waiting for a repair guy to come and uh, jump back in the truck. Next thing I know, I got ticks jumping off of me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I end up staying in the hotel, and there I, I see three more on me. I end up with seven ticks just from standing on the side of the road. So made me appreciate wow. that highway workers you know so i wanted to know how your tick adventure went did you uh stay clean and did stayed. that needless work at all I, it's never worked for me but yeah tex you know what i uh i didn't have to put any repellent on whatsoever my friend our good friend al shook brought me some of the avon stuff that's supposed to be deedless but uh the mosquitoes weren't bad uh i don't know for some reason they don't like this bush thick bush hide that i have on me because even the <laughs> that got in my tent would not land and bother me they seem to bother some of the other guys a lot more they'll be swatting at them and they don't uh so evidently uh i don't smell too good and they don't like me but ticks we didn't see a tick um so we were fortunate but i think i think you're right tex it's kind of where you're at i went for a jog along pewaukee lake here and i was jogging along the shoulder of a road and I kind of got off when some trucks tried to run me over. I kind of got off in the grass a few times. And when I came back, I had like half a dozen ticks on my hairy calves. So they, uh, you know, it kind of depends where they're at. If they're there, they're thick and you can. You know, it's funny. I haven't had to use any kind of tick or mosquito repellent in years. It seems like when I'm out on the lake, I don't need it uh, at home. I, 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 I haven't seen a mosquito where I live in, in a long time. And the only time I really needed was the mosquito and tick spray was when I golfed. Because my ball wasn't always in the fairway, it was in the woods a lot. And so, you know, there were a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of mosquitoes and ticks in the woods. <laughs> well, I wouldn't speak too loud, Tom. I, I was hooking up a trailer in Green Bay yesterday over by Bay Beach and there was just a ton of mosquitoes all over me in no tap. So wow, just, wow. Uh, just be careful there. But yeah, I, I guess I just been lucky. Just <laughs> yeah, I just I think I just been lucky. Yeah, it well, hey, Yeah, I'll listen to the first hour of podcast to see how you did and all. But uh, you know, maybe where you're at, Bushy, they might spray that campground too. You know. Uh, yeah, hey. I I don't know. It, it was cold at night, and you get winds blowing you know it's always colder by lake michigan i don't know maybe the cold at night just knocked them down hey tex i got a quick question what have you uh, heard about the perch fishing on winnebago Uh, i haven't heard any reports yet on that i just heard crappie uh crappie and some bluegills all right but uh anyway yeah just be careful you're up on the northwest end there's a lot of uh lake flies we've had three hatches already and we uh, luckily, with this north wind, hopefully that'll blow them back down the lake towards final lake. Let them happen. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, Tex, you guys thanks. Have a great weekend. Uh, listen to the rest of your podcast. Yeah, thanks All for right. the update. Appreciate All it. Right, take care, guys. Goodbye now. That's uh, our old friend Tex in the big rig, but instead of the big rig, he's on the big boat. Yeah, and so. I don't. Uh, I. I haven't heard any Winnebago reports. Now, my brother Tim lives in Oshkosh. He normally does pretty good when he goes out there trolling. I don't really know if he's even been out there yet this year. Yeah, and, you know, Ted was uh, talking about instead of hopping his jig along the bottom, he'd just be winding it, you know, slowly, 
letting it drag across the bottom. And did you hear how he said about the upper and lower jig? Did you catch that? No. All right. See, a lot of times when you, got, you know, you might have, uh, let's say, an, depending on the depth and the wind and all that, you got a little bit heavier jig on the bottom that you're dragging across the bottom. And Gary Roach brought up that technique many years ago. Instead of hopping it, just drag it along, just reel in slowly. And the, the fish like to pick it off the bottom because that's where a lot of their bait is. But the other thing is that he has a lighter jig above it, probably, you know, 12 or 18 inches above the heavier jig. So that some fish, instead of picking off the bottom, they're just up a little bit, you know, and they're going to grab that bait. So, you know, he's using two jig method, which I think is very smart. Hey, um, before I forget, a uh, couple of different things. Uh, for the deer hunters out there, uh, the application um, deadline, if you want to join your county deer advisory, um, the deadline to apply is first. Um, so it's coming up. It's either, I can't read my writing, July 1st or July 11th. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to join your county deer advisory council, uh, they're trying to encourage people to join. I really don't know what the qualifications are, how they decide if you get on there, but you could go to the DNR website and uh, getting some input in there. Um, I live in Waukesha or Waukesha County here, and uh, I would do it, except I don't hunt deer in Waukesha County, so I figured, well, no need for me to try and get on that deer advisory council. But if you do, you know, whatever county you happen to be living in, if you do utilize the resource, it wouldn't be a bad idea to uh, to try and uh, try and join a council. You might have some say in uh, in your local resource there. Uh, the other thing that's going to be going on is um, June 11th. Uh, they're going to have a Skype link. Do you know what a Skype link is, Tom? Yes, I do. do yeah. Wow. You're amazing me. You know, the technology, you've really, there's been a lot of growth in your life in the last year. So, that amazed anyway, me, too. I was surprised. I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think you'd know that, eh, Sam? <laughs> Even yeah. Sam was surprised. There you go. Even Sam. So, anyway, there's going to be a Skype link you, for a... Oh, I was going to say, Danny, I even, uh, you know, you, you bring it through the computer, but then I hooked it up to our TV so that it got a really big Skype link. Oh, look at you. I can't even do that. Boy, your son must have helped you on that one. Of course he did. Wait, so <laughs> of course hold, he did. Hold on, so Wait. you can you can do that, but you have troubles like what getting through your email and all that, or like deleting your email? What was it? No, no, no. Yeah, I deleted every damn thing on that was an email. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I'm still frustrated about that. But somebody told me that that if I contact Yahoo, that they might be able to retrieve all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's worth a shot. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but, but anyway, what, Danny, you were saying. What, what was I saying? Okay, here we go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the DNR is going to have a Skype link June 11th a for a public, link, yeah. public hearing, which you can participate via Skype link uh, on Whitefish. Now, here's the thing that I don't get, Tom. Listen to get mm. this. So it's like a conference. I'm not going to talk about any specific rules or regulations. Okay, here's what they're going to do. They, they talk about, listen to this lingo. This sounds like this came fresh out of DNR school in, D, in Stevens Point. They need to develop a scope statement. A scope statement of, you know, 
for the whitefish, they got to have a scope statement, and then they can do future hearings to talk about rules. But first, they got to get the old scope statement. So all I can think about is that must be like the business equivalent of a mission statement. Probably, and it seems like you know they they got to come up with a lot of things like this to extend their their job because otherwise they wouldn't have much to do. So I think I mean I'm not sure, but but it seems like when you start adding on all these other things, somebody in management is saying. You know, I don't think these guys are too busy, these guys and gals. We we better give them more to do. We better give them a scope we statement. Need, we need a scope statement. Yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll turn things around. Okay. I'll tell hey, you Danny, what, I, huh? I'm going to be have some sleepless nights here de- determining, you know, what, what kind of input I want to put in on June 11th to get that scope statement just right. Yeah. Now, they're not talking about mouthwash, are they? Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, we got to go to a quick break. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour, almost 730, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. We got another half hour to go, and we got more stuff to talk about. So if you want to join us, just give us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Now, you can always email us, but we don't read them on the show anymore. I have to read them at home and then bring them the next week. So Smoke signals. uh, Smoke signals. That's, there you go, smoke signals. Those but are otherwise, good. you can uh, you can uh, email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And uh, without well, we're also brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. And uh, next, uh, we're going to have our scope report ready. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. This is Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. We are presenting Fish Attractant, Coleman Insect Repellents. And uh, Tommy, I was going to mention something to you about another aspect of my trip to Dort County, if I can. Sure. You know, it was great to be up for like a week and not watch or listen to any whatsoever no news whatsoever our whole existence was fish eat sleep and not worry about anything other than thinking about where am I going to catch my next smallmouth and it wasn't until several days into the trip that a friend of mine called his wife and she told us about and all the riots and all the stuff going on and then of course I had to use my smartphone to check the news but you know you know, there's a certain amount of peace in being able to just get away and tune out. Don't put on the major network news. It's a bunch of propaganda most of the time anyway. And more and more, I'm going to go towards that, whether I'm in the Northwoods camping in Door County or whether I'm home. I, I'm at a point in life where I just want to tune out and and do my own thing and not let the, you know, the whole world, all the chaos stress me out. Right. And we also have a caller who I hope isn't too stressed. Uh, who do we got, Sam? We got John in West Dallas. All right. Hey, good morning, John. How you doing today? Doing okay, Tom. Uh, What's up? I uh, got a little information to pass along. Okay. They, um, 
I got tipped off by my neighbor who's got a nephew that uh, fishes these tournaments on Winnebago. And uh, he tipped me off to this on YouTube. You just type in H2H. I think it stands for heads to head. Yeah. Yesterday they had a tournament, the end of a tournament going on, where it's an elimination tournament. They have in every boat a fisherman and a cameraman. So when a guy catches a fit or a person or whoever catches a fish, they weigh it and it goes back. Yeah, that's what they do in the bass, big bass tournaments now. Yeah. Well, they had yeah. a bass tournament. It's an elimination tournament. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, mean, I don't know if you know about this. Yep. Well, anyways, I was able to watch this whole thing live right on TV yesterday. I know you guys are more active. I'm 78 years old, so... No, but yeah, you can you can catch that. Uh, uh, there's a special channel you can go to, especially YouTube and that. But yeah, you know they fish one day, and then if you're not in the top whatever number it is, ten or something, you, you're kicked out. And then they fish another day, and they reduce it all the way down to what is it? The top five or ten? Uh, they had they went for fifth and sixth yesterday, third and fourth, first and second. Yeah. Okay. And it was kind of interesting. I've never watched anything like that before. Yeah, what's really cool about that is they can catch them, John, and then there's a guy in the boat that actually there's a cameraman and an official that's got that scale, and they weigh the fish right away and then throw it back in the lake, and they can catch as many as they want then. So that's that's amazing. There was only two guys, two people in the boat, the fisherman and the cameraman, and the fisherman's got to net his own fish. Oh, and they allowed it. Oh, this is different then. This yeah. is different than something else. Major League Fishing, I'm thinking of. It's called Major League Fishing. Uh, you can't, you're not allowed to use a net. And as a matter of fact, in all BASS tournaments, you're not allowed to use a net. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, can you imagine that? Not sure. being allowed to use a net? <laughs> the biggest fish yesterday was a little over, I don't know if it was even over three. But uh, no. very hard to catch them yesterday where they were the way they were fishing. So yeah, were they uh, catching smallmouth or largemouth? Once in a while, once in a while, you'd see us. Uh, maybe they'd catch a bass. A lot of sheep said. Oh, you mean they could fish, catch any any kind of fish? Well, whatever bites. And what this was, I I don't understand. This was a tournament, a contest of some sort. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. It was very interesting, and was it a, got, so? It was the bass tournament. It, it, it no, guys narrating this as it's going on, and yeah. it was kind of goofy, but um, it was very interesting. And I think there's got this battle on bagel coming up, and I think they're going to have some uh, live action in there too, where you might be able to see somebody yeah. in the boat. Well, the the battle on bagel is a ice fishing thing. Well, I don't know, uh, but. But they will have the. I wonder if they're going to have the Mercury Marine uh, Walleye Tournament. Well, I heard that was canceled. Oh yeah, it's canceled, yeah. huh? Oh. But uh, they got something coming up with this Winnebago thing. Maybe it's not the Battle on Bagel, mate. But there's it's something. I'm going to check it out. You said H two H. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. put on going to YouTube. I never did. Yeah. Going to H two H. And then that's head to head, and it was very interesting. Yeah, I'm, we're going to try it, John. Thanks for okay. the info. Appreciate it. You have a good day. Well, how can you not have a good day today, Danny? It's beautiful out there. 
Yes, yes it is, my friend. Um, a lot of great fishing to be had, you know, and it's not too early for the deer hunters out there to start thinking about, uh, start getting set up for this September for the bow hunting. Uh, I know that I might be uh, doing a little work on some stands and so forth for the ticks. Uh, I did I did read kind of a disturbing story, Tom, I'll share with you. I don't What's know if that? you heard, uh, heard this. Well, apparently this happened in Pennsylvania. Uh, apparently two young guys, teens, uh, teenagers, uh, they've got, uh, I believe they got arrested with some, uh, criminal charges against them. What they did was they, uh, they were deer hunting this last November and they shot a buck and it was laying down, it, but it wasn't dead yet. So these guys started filming it and they were laughing and kicking and apparently they posted on Facebook and apparently they have been charged uh, by the Pennsylvania Game Commission uh, with uh, some type of I don't know disrespecting an animal or whatever whatever cruelty, they did but it was cruelty to animals yeah yeah especially disgusting I think the one guy 18 the other 16 and get this the kicker one of them is the sheriff's son so uh. the sheriff was obviously had egg on his face and deeply disappointed and you know we've all come up on wounded deer before and you respect the game and you want to immediately off to be sitting there mocking the thing and kicking it in the face i i don't know what's yeah. wrong with these guys you know what that's that's next year's uh, psychopath yeah you know, that's going to be yeah. out shooting people or something i mean that those are two sick kids uh they need they need a little professional help yeah that's just again disrespecting the animal you know I a friend of mine uh, Scott who I hunt with years ago when we were roommates at the time I had some deer antlers on the wall and I tended to hang hats and stuff on there he, he wouldn't do that because he said just hanging hats on a deer antlers rack he even said that's kind of like disrespecting the animal even post-mortem I guess um, so yeah, you, you know, you, you hunt, but you, you can't you can't be a slob hunter like that. I just thought that was especially. I didn't see the vi Facebook video, but that's another thing. Why are people posting all kinds of stupid stuff online all the time? Everybody's got to post themselves doing something. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, there was an old saying many years ago, and it's still true today, that the fishing game that was put on this planet for us is to be used, not abused. And that is so true today as it was, you know, a thousand years ago. So, but, you know, and you're right, Danny, you know, bow hunting is not that far away. I mean, you, you got, you know, the rest of June, July, and August, and all of a sudden, boom, September's here. So we better get out there and do some more fishing because uh, we're running out of time. <laughs> well, I'm still adjusting to this whole time thing, Tom, because I guess right now I got lots of time. Uh, if I want to, as uh, long as I don't run out of money, if I want to hook up my boat and just take off, as long as I'm back here to help you on a Saturday morning, uh, I can take off and go. The, uh, the, I don't know what's going to happen with the deer season next year. I mean, they had some meetings where they were having, you know, they're considering going with different seasons and some different proposals, and you got everybody's got their opinions on it. You know, for years we've had that nine-day traditional gun deer hunt, 
And, you know, the old timers were so stuck on that traditional, it's over Thanksgiving, and so you hunt one weekend, then the next weekend you go up and you visit the family on the farm over Thanksgiving, spend time and hunt. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think I'd like to see something like Michigan, where they open it up on the 15th and they run it all the way to the end of the month. Keep it simple, keep it stupid. Simple, stupid. Or stupid, simple. Something like that. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm stupid. So anyway, a lot of people are adamantly against it. Now, of course, the bow hunters, they they want to have all the rut to themselves, basically. They don't. And they're, they're ticked off that even there's crossbow guys getting big deer now. Of course, everybody who, you know, owns a bow hunting shop is against crossbow hunting, is selling crossbows to everybody. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see as far as what they actually do with the structure. The only thing I did not like a year years ago was that earn a buck type thing, because what do you do if you're hunting opening day and a monster buck comes by and you're like, oh, I'm now, so because I don't have a doe tagged yet, that I didn't necessarily like. Well, that's true, but when uh, when we come back after this break, I got to tell you what I was doing the other day. And that a person should do eh, maybe uh, every year or two. Uh, it's something that I think will save you a lot of time when you're out fishing. So uh, without any further ado, as they would say, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. You are listening to 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final countdown of the Skiver Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, we are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractants, uh, Coleman Insect. Uh, Bait Mate, I'll tell you what, I do use it, and uh, I like the fact that, as Ron mentioned in our in the commercial, if you were listening, if you get like other things on your hand, sunscreen or a bunch of crap that you think you know you don't want to get that smell on your bait, I'll actually rinse, take some of the Bait Mate stuff, spray it on my hands, rub it around in the lake and just try and get any kind of weird sense off so uh, that seems to help also a tip I'd like to share Tom I didn't know this but this is courtesy of our friend Ron Johnson um, I recently bought for the first time in my life you know I'm kind of cheap like you I finally uh, broke down and bought a pair of or expensive pair of polarized glasses I got some uh, Costas and cost me about 170 bucks and I got the plastic lenses you can get glass or plastic plastic is a lot lighter and they've got these cutting edge what they call 580 lenses which are supposed to be the best in the world but he mentioned something you have to be careful if you use that spray on sunscreen that will pit the plastic that'll wreck your that'll wreck your uh, polarized glasses if that spray on sunscreen gets on the lenses uh, the other thing that he mentioned, too, is uh, that it's not even good to get it on the fishing line. So he says if he has guys they insist on using that stuff, that they're downwind of them and keep that stuff off of them, which I never realized. Oh, I didn't know that either. But uh, So that's the spray, gonna, that's the spray yeah, stuff, which is pretty right. handy, like if you want to get, you know, the top of your bald head or the back of your ears or something. Sure, sure. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I rarely ever use sunscreen, so 
I don't know too much about that stuff. Rarely do I use it. But anyway, I was going to tell you something that I was doing the other day that I would recommend a lot of our anglers do. Uh, a lot of people, if you use jigs for fishing, uh, whether you're using walleye jigs or using uh, cubby mini mites for panfish, one thing that you should do a couple times a year or at least once a year is take the paint out of the eyelets before you're out fishing. You know, you're sitting out in the boat, right? And, oh, I want to put this jig on. Oh, boy, there's paint in that eyelet. Oh, I don't have a, there's a thing called an eye buster, you know, that takes the paint out easily. And if you don't have one of those, what are you using? You're, you're using a, a, some lure with a hook, and you're using that, dulling that hook, trying to get the paint out of that eyelet. You know what? Get yourself an eye buster. Sit down in the backyard or at the kitchen table or wherever, do whatever, and take out the eye, the paint out of those eyelets out of a bunch of different jigs, bunch of different colors. I just did that the other day to a bunch of mini mites because the last thing I want to do when I'm out fishing and I need to change a mini mite or if it, maybe I lose one, the last thing I want to do is be trying to get that paint out of the eyelet. We're just wasting time. Do that ahead of time. Hey, it doesn't take that long and you know, it's a it's a way to pass some time, have a few beers while you're doing it. So there you go, Danny. Now you got a you got a job this week, taking paint out job. of the eyelets of the mini mites. So I always <laughs> just take a hook. I'll just take a bare hook and Most try. Most people but do. I didn't. I did not realize Tom actual tool for that. Where do I get one of those tools? Well, we I know we have them at Sherpers. Um, but uh, a lot of stores carry the iBuster. Now, the iBuster is the name brand one, and then there's an off-brand, which they're basically about the same price, <clears throat> but they work great. As a matter of fact, many years ago, I did a segment on our show, Outdoor Wisconsin, with a guy by the name of Miles Mertens. Miles Mertens was the guy who invented the iBuster, and he, he had them made, and then he sold them out of his garage. He, you know, that was his distribution center, and he had boxes upon boxes uh, stacked. His, there were no cars in that garage. It was all boxes of, of, of these eye busters. And uh, I think what happened down the road was that uh, he sold uh, the, the patent to uh, Bass Pro Shop, and then they started making their own, not calling it an eye buster. They called it something else. So just think, Danny, you or I could come up with a great idea like that, you know, and and be set. Yeah, well, you know, all these great ideas. My whole life I had to listen to my dad go, oh, geez, I had that idea years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, especially when he saw the Pupil's Pocket Fisherman. He had that idea. <laughs> he had that before. Yeah. And, and you want to know where he got the idea? Where? Years ago, he stopped along some river or stream or whatever, and there were a couple of uh, Native American fishermen there, and they had the line wrapped around their wrist like the spool of a spinning reel. Yeah. And the guy would, you know, and actually cast right yeah. off of his sure. hand and wrist and then yeah. wrap it in. It, 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 and that's when he got, my dad got the idea of the Popeil's pocket fisherman, but then Ron Popeil beat him to it. How about that? You know, I met a guy once a number of years ago. His father invented the intermittent windshield wiper. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? The intermittent yeah. windshield He invented that. Uh, this this guy uh, has never had the work. He, he uh, His father, of course, passed away, and uh, 
he lives off the royalties of that. So uh, he's got it made. All he does is fish Winnebago. <laughs> That's all he does, fishes. Intermittent windshield, windshield so, wiper. So does he get paid a royalty on every vehicle that's sold with the intermittent w- windshield? I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. All I know is he said that he gets royalty checks. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, good for him. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'll hey. have to show him it, money, Tom. I'll have to show him some land up in Douglas County, and he can be. <laughs> I'm a fellow cool, wealthy, single, white, straight landowner from Douglas County like me. Yeah. Well, listen, Danny, it's about time for us to end the show. That's all I got until next week. All right. That's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. Das ist alles für heute. You've been listening to Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate Fish Attractants. We'll talk to you all next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.